Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. I hope you are well wherever you are. I hope this podcast will bring you some joy today. My guest today was actually introduced to me through two writers of mine, Jen and Ronnie Seeger. They are two writers here in LA at SoulCycle and some of the most amazing humans ever. And they connected Eli and I and were like, you guys have to connect. You guys are both like on the same wavelength. Eli Weinstein, he is a therapist. He, You can find his podcast at The Dude Therapist online. He's the Elevation underscore therapist. He is so real. He's so honest. He is just honestly, one of the most authentic conversations I've had this conversation, I think is just so important. We talk a lot about mental health, especially over the last year, and ways that you can talk to somebody if you need to, and just the importance of expressing your feelings. And this this episode just really kind of hits all of those topics, you know, and we get to laugh a little. So I'm really excited for you to hear it. He is such a gem. And I really enjoyed I really, really enjoyed this interview. Y'all know how me and my family love a good sustainable option and ways that we can reduce our carbon footprint on this planet. One of those ways is we switched from regular toilet paper to bamboo toilet paper. My favorite brand is Hey Bippy. It's bamboo toilet paper. It is just as soft. It is strong and dependable. It's environmentally friendly. It saves trees. It's biodegradable. It's fragrance-free. They also have a spray that can turn your bamboo toilet paper into a wipe. I have a discount code. If you want to give them a try, go to heybippy.com. It's B-I-P-P-Y, heybippy.com. Use the code on the daily at checkout. You'll get a little discount. And I have been using this now for a couple of years and we are obsessed. You can get a subscription so you don't even have to go to the store. It literally will show up at your door once a month. It's amazing. Give them a try. So let's get into this episode with Eli. Okay. Hi, guys. Hi, Eli. Welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's it's so, a good day, you know? Yeah. How's the weather in New York? Oh, you know, it's snowing and uh, the storm that is, that's the storm. The storm that scared Dallas is now coming to us. So it's exciting. Yeah. You know, who knows what can happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's like 70 degrees in LA right now. It's actually like really nice today. Oh, so I, th- I thought you were going to say, oh, it's really cold today. I'm like, you know, it's 70 degrees and I'm like, don't even. No, it's it's it was really cold. Like we, our days didn't. I mean, for LA, we didn't get up past like the 40s for a week, which is like really cold for Los Angeles standards. So, okay, so I start every episode with a clearing, so we both can like clear something, just anything that could keep you from being present, anything that's on your mind, whatever it is. I just think it'll bring us. I always think it just like makes me more present. So, because you are our guest, why don't you go first? The stress that I'm having about my potential test that I'm taking for my LCSW. Wow. Wait, wait, what's LCSW? A licensed clinical social worker, which means I can have a private practice. Oh, awesome. Okay. So you're about to take that test. In a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that, yeah. So that would be very stressful. So deep breaths, deep breaths. Yeah. So one of my dogs passed away a couple nights ago and 
we have another dog, Sky, who's our husky, and she is like very depressed right now. And I obviously like left her out of the room. And I'm so I'm like, part of me is like, I hope that she doesn't think I don't love her because she's out in the hallway. Like I just but she when she comes in here, she'll howl. So it's it's either like howling the whole time or a few minutes of her having to be in the other room. And so that's why I keep like looking at the door as if like, you know, I can communicate with her telepathically. <laughs> I'm sure you can. You know, it's interesting how that works. My When I was growing up, my family had birds. We had a male and female bird and the female got sick and the male passed away from being so alone and sad. And, and the female survived. And lived like 10 years longer, which shows you women are stronger than men. But ah. um, uh, secret time. But it's just uh, funny how, you know, we think we have the total control of emotions as human beings. But animals are pretty in tune to that stuff as well. And oh, it's so uh, heart wrenching. Oh, oh it's yeah. Amazing. Animals are so empathetic. Like my dog, Maggie, that it was, she was 12 and a half. Like I've had her since she was six weeks old. She's my girl. And she the like the literally the day after my dad died, she started to limp and lose control of her body. And it was like because they say animals will like take the grief of someone. And well, like, you ever no. see those videos about like those people at the graves? Yeah. Those dogs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, and then my dad and my and Maggie were really close. So it's like when she started to limp, I was like, OK, here we go. You know, so, yeah, I totally I totally believe that. I think animals are way more in tune and empathetic than we are as humans. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to tell everybody, who are you? Where are you? What do you do? I know like you are a men's therapist, which is so awesome. I would love for you to just like talk about your journey to that and like why, why that, why that career? Well, I'm not really a men's, th I just happen to be a guy that works with everyone. I'm just a dude, you know, I, I, that's why I call my podcast is called The Dude Therapist. But I talk a lot about men's issues because it's not as common to bring it out and be vulnerable about men's issues. It's like a very hidden thing to like stigmatize men to talk about their emotions. You know, it's kind of a condition of like being a man, be strong, be tough. Don't talk about it. Keep it hidden. Be a man, suck it up. So on the podcast and even on my elevation on my Instagram, I talk a lot about being a dad, being a husband, men's issues, whether it's called body image, anxiety, all those kind of things that come up with everyone. So I'm not specifically a men's therapist. I just happen to work with men as well. And I am a guy. So that's really where that passion comes from. Yeah. And so what got you into it? And I think, I think I just assumed when you said dude therapist, like you were a dude's therapist. Like I, I was like, so I think maybe I should change the name to my podcast. I mean, I don't know. I like I mean, I like that you clarified it. But like, what got you into that line of work? What was it that made you a want to be a therapist? And like, how has that journey been for you? Well, I love people. I love talking to people and dealing with people. And I wanted to help people on their journey of like start to finish, or even like in the middle of it when there is just so much suck and terribleness and pain of change. And life is constantly changing. It's inevitable. But at the same time, I wanted to be there during people's happy times and successes and really connect to someone on a real level. And I thought about being a doctor. I'm not smart enough and don't have the passion enough to be that in that school for 10 years. And I thought, what else can I do that deals with people? And I said, you know what? I want to be a therapist. 
people joke around with me that if you just put like a smiley face in a wall, I could talk to that wall for hours. So I am someone who always is conversational, can talk to people, and I'm a good listener. So I thought, okay, let me take my skills. What am I good at? What do I love doing and gives me passion? And that's being a therapist. Yeah. What are your like non-negotiables in life? Like in terms of like, because you obviously being a therapist is like your dream job, but what are like the three pillars of that that really kind of resonate with you the most? For me, it really is about community and connection and support. So my family, I grew up in this environment of supporting one another, no matter where you were in your life. I'm a religious Jew and I grew up in a home where it was very open and loving. And that's what I want to give to someone else. So like my ideal client, when I work with a client, my, the thing that gives me so much passion is like the young adult, like the teen to young adult, like 13 to like 30, 35, because that's where most love is needed, where they might not have gotten love earlier or don't understand what love truly means. And I can be that loving presence in their life, that positive energy. And so for me, non-negotiables is I want to give a sense of support and love and community but at the same time, make sure that someone understands that they can be loved and can be cared for. And there is someone in their corner that worries about them. Mm, I love that. You know, I, so I got a degree in theater and for a while I was a high school theater teacher and it was the best because like you, I think that that age group, that 13 to 18 age group, like you said, they're just in such a cool, like vulnerable raw place in their life where it can either go to being a human who is like very aware of their emotions or it can like close up and it comes back to bite them in the ass later on. And I feel like one of the best things about teaching theater was, I mean, theater is about feeling. It's about emotions. It's about expressing yourself. And so and I got to work right with, up top. It's all right. Oh, in front yeah. Of you. Yeah. And I got to work with all of these kids that were just so raw and open and I mean, first of all, kids these days, when I was young, like if you were a theater kid or if you were gay or whatever, like nobody talked about it. Where now kids are so self-aware. I mean, the amount of like openness that children that in that age group have is astounding to me. It's a lot more understanding and empathetic than when I was a kid. Yeah. What do you think that is? Like, what do you think the shift was? I think it's society. I think if you look at mental health and the society of mental health, I actually had a discussion with a client today. I have a client who is a uh, transgender and we're talking about what that is and opening up to family and that understanding and that, and that love and openness. If you just take a look at mental health for a second, this looks bad as for the mental health profession, but this is what happens when society changes in the seventies and eighties, homosexuality was considered a diagnosis of mental health. You were mentally ill. That was the stamp that you had if you came out as gay or part of the LGBTQ community. And that shifted. It was taken out. It was like, okay, that's not right. And society has become more accepting to the other, whatever that is, the other person. And finally, and it's, no, we're not fully there. We're not we're clearly, right? We're not fully there when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism, hatred for other people that you don't understand, know, or are not educated on, or someone that you feel threatened by because they're different which doesn't mean that they're bad because that's what makes this world beautiful. There are different people with their own unique lifestyle and their own beautiful things. And that's, that's amazing. But I think that's what has changed. I think kids are embracing that. And it also depends on where you grow up and what area there are certain areas in the world that don't have that same outlook. And that's 
a, uh, like a very hatred filled area. And it's not fun. Like if you ever hear those stories of that one kid in like some middle of America, nowhere, you know, Omaha, Nebraska, not, not calling out anyone out there, like that small town where there's one kid who's gay or one person who might be different or is the only black kid in town. It's still a very real thing. Yeah. It's still a real thing. Yeah. Just because other parts of the world are changing does not mean that it's not fully yeah. gotten there yet. Yeah. I know I went on a little tangent there. No, I love the tangents. It's keep the tangents coming. What do you think, like, as a therapist, obviously, over the last year, which has been nothing short of exciting, I would love to hear some of your, like, takeaways, just like humanity in general, I guess. Like, what are your takeaways for, like, what, what went on? It's been really hard for a lot of people. If you just look at America, just America alone, the amount of clinics that are bursting at the seams. Because people are finally having time to go, you know what? I'm really not okay. And I need to talk to someone, which is great. I'm sad it happened because of a pandemic, but I'm glad that people are opening up to mental health and saying, I'm really not the best that I can be. It doesn't mean I'm crazy or insane. I don't have to be that to go to therapy. I just have to be someone who struggles, which is every human being. Because something is struggling in everyone's life. This kind of shone a really bright light onto the struggles that we have on a daily basis. Parenting relationships, jobs, our life as a whole, our self-esteem, our self-doubt, our self-worth, our self-evaluation, because this took away everything. And the conversations that I've had with people as a therapist, with my clients, or even with friends or myself or my family has been about, oh, I appreciate everything I had pre-COVID, right? Oh, when we can do this. Oh, when we can go to a concert. Oh, when we could have traveled. Oh, when we could have done this and we could have done that. And now we can't. It's taken away from us. It just shows us that when we have an opportunity to take it, to do it, because you don't know what that next year is going to bring. And that's not like a sad reality. It's just the truth of life. Life changes and things happen that really crush us. And this changed everything. Yeah. Do you feel like people, you kind of just said it, but do you feel like people are more open to talking about their mental health? I don't know if people as a whole are more open. I think it's becoming more of a need. Because if you're pushed into a corner, like we're animals, right? In the deep, our lizard brain, the base of our brain, we need to survive. It is our base instinct to survive something that happens to us. So if we're pushed into that corner, it's either fight or flight. We're either going to go for it and work on it, or we're going to be crushed by it. And people are either being crushed by it in their homes or they're going to get help. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point because when COVID started and I am obviously I'm an introvert, but obviously you would never know that because I work in a profession that I'm like, Wah! and like most people just assume <laughs> that I'm an extrovert because I like you need got all the people. good quotes. Right, like all the people, you know, I people need like I need people because I work with people. And yes, that's true. I love people and I love my jobs, but I recharge by being alone like very alone. And so, but Breezy, my fiance is an extrovert, like getting trapped in her house with her fiance and our son was the best thing that ever happened to her. I thought I was going to lose my mind. And in that moment, I was like, wow, this is, I was grateful. I, I first got a therapist when I went through a divorce, like almost a decade ago. And I've had therapy on and off ever since. And for me, it's, it is literally the thing that has saved me multiple times. But it's interesting that you say that, that it's more of a need now because 
I think humans in general are going, what we're going through is not what we're built for in many respects. And I think we thrive on sociability. We need it. Whether you're introvert, extrovert, or the 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 combination of the two, that like midway when you ever took those tests on on BuzzFeed, I don't know if BuzzFeed exists still, <laughs> or, or now on whatever website you use, where it's like, do you like chocolate cake or red velvet? And all of a sudden, magically, now you know that you're an extrovert or introvert somehow by the cake choices you have. But I love those things. I always do them. I always get I always get pulled in. I'm like, oh, I want to see what I am, even though I know, even though I know uh, I'm an extrovert and. We really had to take a hard look at ourselves. And I have to say, there are some pros for me personally that I loved from the pandemic, which is weird to say. I got to spend more time with my daughter and my wife. I got to not have to get dressed up every day to go to work and sit in traffic. I got to go back to LA to my in-laws for four months, which I have never been able to do since we've been married, married for over five years. The only time, the longest time we spent was like two weeks for the holidays. We spent four months in LA because we had to escape New York. It was just too much for us. My wife needed to go back to New York, to LA. Uh-huh. So, Your in-laws yeah, are were, the best. I know them. I know. The Don't best. worry. We're going to talk about them on my podcast. Don't worry. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> we're going to rip them apart. We're going to get some real stories about them to hear about them, you know? Can't How much wait. do they sweat? How good they are at SoulCycle? You know, we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing to understand that we as human as humans are being tested right now how much we can handle, and it's really hard. And the suicide rate and the depression rate and the anxiety rate has been shooting up like crazy. And unfortunately, especially with kids, there are suicide rates that are higher than they've they've been most years, just because we're not equipped to deal with this. Because we need to be out, we need to be active. We need to have routines. Our kids need to be in schools, but they also need to be safe. Yes. So it's a really hard balance of like, well, what do you do? My school's open, but there's an outbreak in the community. I don't know. You know, and then especially this year because of COVID and us being trapped in our homes and then all the political stuff that was going on, not to get into politics, we were so trapped into just having to watch what was on TV instead of being outside and usually not seeing it as much in our face. It was another layer that was really hard to deal with as a society. It's overloaded. Oh, completely overstimulated. Over, over. And then if you're a parent, you're tr- usually, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm a parent. I get natural breaks in my day. When my wife goes to work, I go to work. My daughter's in babysitting. Or if your child's in school or children are in school, you get breaks that you're able to then focus on one thing, decompress, and then move on to the next thing. But now it was just crisscross applesauce between everything that we were doing in a matter of like an hour, you were working, doing housework, taking care of your child. At the height of it, it was like, what, what, what role am I in now? It was very overwhelming. And I think we all felt it in all of our different ways. And there's no wrong or right way to feel about it. But you need to deal with it and, and, and work through it because it's not an easy thing to handle on your own. Yeah. I mean, I remember it was like we took Owen out of school in March and his school never closed because they're a preschool. So they were deemed essential and, you know, stayed open. We kept him out until like May. And it was like towards the end of May. He was, I mean, my son's, he just turned five. So he's in those like pivotal years. Right. And I was watching him talk to stuffed animals, not in like a cute way, like in a, these are my only friends way. I was like, this is a 
he's got to go back to school. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like he's a healthy, like, thank goodness we have a healthy child without any comorbidities. Like he is the risk. It was risk assessment is what we ended yeah. up having to do as a family. Like it was risk assessment. And what we decided was he is better off being in school. And, and that, I want to point out that's what was best for you and the family. And yes. that's what we need to realize. My wife and I flew to LA for Passover and no, sorry, we didn't right in the height of it. We went for the summer. Sorry. We went for the summer, like I said, for four months. And people were like so judgy, like, what are you doing? And how could you be there? And I said, to, this is what I said to them. I said, we're doing all the precautions we need. And it's my right. I'm being safe as possible, but emotionally and for my sanity, I need to do this for my wife, for my family, for me. And I'm not judging you on your decisions. And you shouldn't judge me on my decisions if it means that I'm taking care of myself. I'm not hurting other people. I'm getting tested pre, post, masks hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, the whole nine yards. I had a bag like this big Ziploc bag that I used to wipe down the airline, the whole nine yards. And in the end, we're all okay. And we have to do what's best for us, for us to keep sane. Right, because mental health is... Right. Well, because I think for so many people, it was all about like our physical health. It was all about staying healthy and staying, you know, but, but mental health was something that is just as important. And we're seeing the repercussions of that now with, like you said, the suicide rates are up and like depression is up and alcohol, drug dependency, like it's all up because mental health was like totally thrown off and to the side. And then you have the opposite side of all the shout out to SoulCycle and, 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 and then, you know, and Peloton and all these home workout things are now, their, their sales are, are boosting because people went, they, they, they said, okay, well now I'm stuck at home. Let me make the most of it. Then you have shame and guilt about yourself because you look at other people on social media and you're like, well, they lost 20 pounds and they now have abs and oh, and and, and they eat healthy and oh, look at the cool things it did for their kids. I suck as a parent. It, it's a funny thing because usually you don't notice that stuff as much because you're doing your daily life. And thank God I still have a job. I work from home. I started the podcast during COVID. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go for it. This is the time to do it. And great things have happened during this time. That's why I love when John Krasinski did that whole thing some good news because it just showed us that it wasn't all bad. Yes, the world was falling apart around us and we have never dealt with this since 19, whatever it was. Yeah. And that was like less than half of the population that we have now. Yeah. And on top of that, they didn't have social media. So we didn't hear about it all the time. And, you know, then you hear a lot of sad stories and and I know people who have passed away and it's, and, and you yourself have experienced loss and it's not, it's, it's a, it's very painful. And it's very sad. And we need, as a society, need to come together as to, to support each other instead of judging each other and hating on each other to support each other because this is the first time in our lives that we are all going through something together. The entire world. I'm not talking about 9-11 where it was just America or just, you know, maybe New York that really felt it the most or a war in another country that we don't know about because it only was in that country. Yeah. You mentioned something a little bit ago. You talked about see other people doing stuff on social media or like you'd see, you know, stuff and then there'd be guilt. Talk about that a little bit, like, because I think there is guilt around what you were or were not doing for your child. There was guilt around if you needed time away from your child. There was guilt around if you were traveling because it was good for your mental health. There was guilt around you were working out or were you just watching other people work out while you ate chips on your couch? Like there was right. There was so much guilt happening around every every circumstance 
And at some points I, I just kind of would look at people and be like, you got to just do, I mean, we kind of touched on this, but like, talk about like the guilt you saw as a therapist. I mean, how much was there? Always. And, and I don't think it was just COVID that brought the guilt on. We always have had guilt and shame. I mean, if you look at just the, the success of Brene Brown and talking about vulnerability, you know, and, and the idea of shame and doubt and self-esteem, it's been going on forever because we always are comparing to the other, the other person about what they are doing better or different. Would I love to look at someone else and be like, I want to look like Mark Wahlberg? I'm not. Who wouldn't? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have half the discipline that man has. Four o'clock in the morning, he wakes up every day and works out and he does it and he documents it. And it's not like he's joking around. He's a very serious, committed person to working out. Good for him. I'm not at that level. But if I compare myself to him, I'm stealing what I can do for myself, right? I'm automatically taking away the success that, the success that I potentially could have by waking up at six or seven and still starting my day and doing everything I should and can be doing with myself. Same thing with parenting. Right. My parenting style is going to be very different than yours or anyone else's in the world because we're different parents. No matter how many books, no matter how many podcasts you listen to, how many therapists you talk to, each child is different and beautiful in their own way. And to start comparing, well, I did, you know, arts and crafts with my kid. My kid would have eaten the arts and crafts. And I don't want my kid eating arts and crafts. So we didn't do arts and crafts. So instead, we went to LA and we went outside every day. And she loved that. And if it works for your kid, here's my biggest rule of thumb. If you are doing the best by your children and your family, and you are not hurting anyone or yourself, and you are truly living as best as you can for what you can do right now, that's all you can do. And it's really nice to look at other people on social media and see all their stories, myself included. You know, we all try to curate good pictures and make it look nice and lit up really well and all those kind of things with the right angles and the right filters and all that stuff. But that's not real life. You know, today I posted on social media about the idea of superheroes. Marvel came out with a documentary called uh, Behind the Mask. Mm, yeah. And I started watching it. And the first line said something. It totally hit me really hard. He said, what makes a superhero, tr what made the comic book Marvel so famous is because they actually focused on the person behind the mask. And the costume was just a costume. So when Peter Parker jumped off the roof, you felt what Peter Parker was going through when he jumped off that roof, when Captain America or Iron Man, you felt that pain or that inner psychology that was going on. It wasn't just Iron Man. It was Tony Stark. There was someone behind that mask, someone behind their costume. And that's who we are, right? You know, if you look online, people are posting all these beautiful pictures, but we have no idea what goes on behind the costume, behind that mask that we put on for other people. So take it with a grain of salt because you have no idea what's truly happening in their life. I posted recently, Demi Lovato's coming out with an amazing documentary soon about her. I can't wait. I, I posted on my story today. I can't wait because I love when you see people who are in the limelight, who we think just have it all together and have all this fame and fortune and success. Even Hannah Brown from Bachelorette posted recently about her body image issue. And I'm posting about it like crazy because it's important for people to realize that just because you see it and they show you something does not mean that they have it all together behind the scenes. So take a deep breath, do the best you can with what you're doing in your life. And that's all anyone asks for you. No one is asking you to be perfect or amazing like other people might look like they are. Yeah. Yeah. That was my other you rant just, of the day. No, I mean, you just literally mentioned like you, what you just described was like what I call living acoustically. It's like taking off the layers and living as like 
open and raw and like you as you possibly can. And that's what you just described. So I'd love to know in your life right now, living authentically, how are, how is that showing up for you right now? Well, I always, I've always tried to do that. I've always tried to do that. I've never tried to fake it. It was not who I was. I never, uh, maybe I wasn't cool enough to, to fake it when I was in high school. <laughs> I didn't have the skills. I was just who I was. I was like, here I am. And, and if you like me, great. If not, not. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a mean person. I'm just going to be me. And that's something that I valued as myself. I'm always authentic. I'm very honest and real. And that's how I try to step up on social media. That's why, I, that's why Elevation started. That's why the Dude Therapist was created for me as a person to talk about mental health in a very honest, in-your-face way and not sugarcoat it with statistics or with big words or with big numbers or fancy, cutesy things, but real like anxiety sucks. Depression is like this. Here's what it's like to be a new dad. Here's what it's like to go through infertility. Here's what it's like. All those things that I have gone through or I know people who have or the clients that I work with. Of course, I keep it you know, very confidential if I ever talk about clients, but in the end, it's about being real and honest about mental health. And I love when accounts are real. That's why I love your stuff. It's so it's just real and, and raw. There's no sugarcoating. It's not like, you know, sometimes you have those good vibe things because those are amazing pictures. And that's awesome. And it makes me feel great. But when you have that post that really gets into the nitty gritty about something that like shakes you to your core and you're like, yes, you're human. I'm human. That's a connection. And that's what authentic life is. is it is. And it doesn't mean you have to show up for other people or be something for other people, but you're there for yourself. And that's what is attractive about most people. Confidence and authenticity is what is truly the most attractive trait that anyone can have. Yeah. So what do you, what's your like, you mentioned you're about to take a test so you can have a private practice. So what's like a five-year vision for your life right now? <laughs> it, it depends on the day that you asked me that question. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> uh, if you ask my wife, I, I have all these goals and dreams of my, of my life. And uh, I truly would love to be a household name for therapy. I know that seems ridiculous and crazy, but I want to write books in the next five, 10 years. I want to be on talk shows and be on TV and, and be that mental health professional that people with a voice are reaching out to to spread mental health. Not just celebrities, but anyone who has a platform to talk about honest mental health and what it means to struggle. Because that's what it means to be human, right? You cannot struggle if you're not human. Only robots and whatever unreal things don't struggle. Computers don't struggle. Well, sometimes they go slow, but computers don't struggle like humans, right? We have real struggle in our life. We have pain. We have suffering. We have happiness. We have joy. We have these ups and downs of life. And that's what I want to be in someone's life is to be a support through that all. And to have a private practice would give me the opportunity to help as many people as I can make the money that I feel I deserve instead of someone else like a clinic, a community clinic that is sometimes not the best paying and be able to support my family and live a wonderful life that I feel is authentic and real and healthy. And we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just putting out the good vibes out there. We'll see what happens. But uh, you got to work your hardest and see where it goes. I mean, you have like such a, that's like, it's such an honest, like noble goal. Like, don't get me wrong. When I, when I get people on this show and they tell me like, oh, my five-year vision is I want to have a house in the Maldives and I want to do this and this and this. I love that stuff. Like you can tell me that all day long and I will be like, yes, go get your truth. Like I'm all for it. I wouldn't <laughs> and, mind that. 
Well, yeah, but I love that you, I love that your goals and like what you see five years from now is so relatable. I mean, especially coming into like the post COVID era that we're about to go into, like, I think having just this need to be happy, to be honest, to be full of love and to be doing what you love while like taking care of your family. That's such a beautiful, beautiful vision. Thank you. You know, growing up, my grandfather, who passed away like 16 years ago, I think, I can't remember, yeah, 16 years ago, had a truly huge impact on my life. He was this like five foot little man, came over from Europe during World War II from the, from, uh, the Holocaust and worked damn hard to make a name for himself. And he was like this larger than life personality, got involved in everything, was this very small stature, broad shoulders, dressed to the nines every day. And I admired him and is one of my biggest role models in life. And one of the things he said to me, and I know this is a classic thing, but he said to me once, he says, never work in a job that you feel is a job, but do something that makes you happy so that you are passionate about it every day of your life. And something that I am passionate about is helping people. It is sometimes too much. Sometimes I say yes a little too much and I take away from my life and it's learning about having a balance, of course. But my goal is to help people in this world. And if that means doing more podcasts, starting my own podcast, reaching this audience, doing that audience, writing an article here, doing something there, if it helps people, I'm in for it because we need each other. And I just happen to be a licensed professional that is trained. So cool. But you get your support from, let's say, your podcast. That's amazing. And you get it from someone else, a life coach or a soul cycle instructor, that one word of advice, that one moment of like that height of the workout. I've been there. I've been to Soul Cycle. I've been to that with the beautiful smells and the, I don't know what they pump into that place. That, that Lemon. Is, I know. And grapefruit. <laughs> oh, it's the best smelling thing in the world. And you're in that workout and you're sweaty and you're at your lowest and you're like, I can't do it. And that Soul Cycle instructor says some line. I don't know. And I don't know where you guys get them from. I don't know if you have a book that like tells you all these lines to do. You don't. Does it? We, you no, guys, we pull that. Like, heart. I. You pull it, well, that or you pull it out of your ass. It's so, it comes from somewhere. Hey, it comes from somewhere and it works. And that, and that's what I want to be for people when they don't think they can do it. And they come to a therapist and say, here's my experience with this, that, and the other thing, I don't know where to go. What can I do? And that's what I'm here for. And it's, you know, and that's just my passion. It's what I love to do. I wouldn't mind the big houses. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll have those. We'll have those. Amen to that. Tell me about, uh, tell me about your podcast. So it's called the dude therapist. The only reason why I called it that is because there's so many therapy things out there, like therapy podcasts. And I thought I am a dude and I am a therapist. So I'm the dude therapist. It's really just breaking down wellness and mental health, having different guests and different people talking about, let's say I have dietitians, I have athletes, I have myself, my wife is on there. She's a dietitian and a podcast coming out soon, an episode of us is talking about our infertility journey. And then I have other people who are in the mental health world, all talking about what it means to be well and taking care of yourself. And it's really fun. I love it. That's awesome. Well, and for everybody listening, we are doing a swap. So obviously you're hearing this episode, you'll be able to hear me on Eli's podcast on the Dude Therapist. I am so grateful to your in-laws for connecting us. Literally, she's like, you need to check her out. I said, who is she? She goes, she's from SoulCycle. I said, there are plenty of people from SoulCycle. She says, no, she is the best. Oh, I love that. And I said, okay. I call my mother-in-law Mama Siegs. I said, Mama Siegs, 
if you say she's the best, I trust your opinion. You have a very, you know, high standard. And if she falls into that, that category, I have to reach out. And the rest has been history. Honestly, the Seegers, man, like shout out to them. They are the most amazing humans. I just, I just love them so much. I love them both so much. I do too. Yeah. Well, that's good. You're stuck with it. <laughs> Sir, I have one more question for you. And then we're going to play a game. I love games. Yeah, the game is fun. What's your sign? And that's not the last question, but what's your sign? Uh, my sign is Virgo, September. Oh, September. Yeah, yeah Virgo. You, make, you make lists. You're a list person. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So you might like the game. You may not. I have like it right here. See? Yep. Yeah. You may yeah, not like the game. Um, okay. But my last, like, I love question. games. Don't worry. Okay. I'm open. Okay. <laughs> so somebody's listening to this right now and they are feeling like they need a therapist. They don't. I think there's a common theme when people like feel like they want to talk to someone. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to find someone. They don't know the first thing about finding therapy. What would be as a therapist, what would be your advice to that person? I love that question. And I, I love that you asked it because it's an important thing to discuss. First of all, you can always reach out to me and I'm more than happy to help you find someone if I can't help you. That's the first thing. Second of all, psychology today, I'm not sponsored. I, I don't know if they do sponsor, but you can go on that website and literally search and filter your zip code, your insurance, the gender you're looking for, the issue of specialty that you want, and you can find therapists in your area to reach out today, whether it's phone calls, emails, and that kind of thing. Google. Go to Google and, and search therapists near me or mental health clinics near me. And there are so many therapists today. It depends on where you live. I'm going to say the LA, New York area is booming with therapists. So there's no limit to how many people can help you. It's just about finding a person. And I would say at this point, make sure you connect with them. You do not have to stick with the first person that you meet. You're not stuck with them for life. If you don't like it, find someone else. Make sure it's the right fit for your wellness and your journey for getting better. That's it. Don't worry about their feelings. They don't matter. I'm saying this as a therapist. We don't matter. You matter as the client. So make sure that you find the right fit, the right person, and take your time to make sure that it feels right. And once you find that person, keep going with it and be patient with yourself to grow and be successful. Do you feel like I'm adding, I'm doing a sub, a sub question. <laughs> um, do you feel like, cause I, I know I've talked to people that say, Oh, I used to have a therapist, but like, obviously with COVID, like everything's online and it's just it, like, I'm worried it's not going to be the same. Do you find that virtual therapy is as effective? From a therapist perspective? Not really. The in-person connection is something that you can't replace, but I would say that it's better than nothing. So if you have a choice of nothing or virtual, I would take virtual and this is not forever. And who knows if your therapist is vaccinated who knows what their policies are and what they're doing. Maybe they are going to see people soon in person. So be patient and it's better than nothing. It's better than talk talking to someone who's licensed and a specialist is better than just sitting with yourself with your thoughts because that's not going to get you very far. Or relying on your partner to be your therapist. Oh yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I got divorced many years ago because like my my ex was very sick. Like he had a lot of mental, I mean, he was like bipolar. He had like a little bit of schizophrenia going on and refused to get help. But I was like, listen, I'm not your doctor. I'm not your therapist. I don't want to be those things. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you can't be supportive as a spouse or partner. Totally. There's just a limit to how much you can handle because sometimes it's just out of your 
out of your confines of your understanding and how you can help someone. You can be loving, caring, and empathetic, but at some point, someone needs extra help. And that's what therapists are for. And a non-bias. Yes. Voice. Yes. Objective, loving person. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Of course. Where can, where can people find you? Obviously, the podcast is called The Dude Therapist. Where else can we find you? Uh, I have a, a website, elevation.org. It's my name, E-L-I-V-A-T-I-O-N. I have a social media Instagram account, elevation underscore therapist. You can check out my website and find all my stuff on there, my content, my blogs, where I've been featured. And reach out whenever, however. I'm pretty much on social media, so you can just DM me or talk to me. If I can't help you, like I said before, I'm more than happy to help you find someone who can. Awesome. Are you ready for this game? I'm ready for the game. Okay, the game is called Quick Fire. Ooh, I love fire questions. Oh, good. You get one minute. I'm going to ask you as many questions as I can. We're going to see how many you get. Like, it's not like you don't explain your answer. This is literally like... I got it. One word. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite shirt? T-shirts. Favorite vacation you've ever taken? Hawaii. Three things you are not putting back into your life after COVID? Less carbs, not as much TV, and um, I can't think of a third one. Uh, just less TV, less screen time. Okay. Private jet or private yacht? Private jet. Mountain escape or tropical vacation? Tropical vacation. Favorite food? Any spaghetti or pasta with meatballs. Favorite person? My wife. If you could have a conversation with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, I would like to talk to my grandfather again. I love that. And last question. You're going to a deserted island. You can take three things with you. Things or people. What are they? My wife. A book. I have to say my daughter. Is my wife and daughter because I kind of one? Yeah, that can be one. My wife and daughter. Uh, book and um, uh, and food. Okay, yeah, food is good. <laughs> um, you got a lot of questions. That was really good. Thank you, thank you. I, I was up. Tra- I've been practicing. You know, I've realized through this process of this podcast how many friends I have that are actually like really terrible at this game. Like really terrible at this game. Oh, I have a friend that got through three questions, maybe because every single question she's like, well, it could be. I'm like, no, 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 that's not the game. This is not you're not playing the game. That's why if you're listening, pick me for your next taboo game or something. One of those games you have to be quick fire. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm your teammate. That's it. I got oh, you. It's my jam. I'm a like, we love a game night in this house. Like we will like we are the game night house and any game that's like quick, like Breezy knows that I'm the person to have on their team because I am like, it doesn't even need to be the right answer. Like, no, I, I have a very fast brain. It's yeah, all good. Yeah. Eli, you're the best. Thank you so much for this. I seriously, seriously enjoyed this conversation. It was so, so important. And uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you for having me. I want to share with you a company that I ran across a couple weeks ago, and it's called Last Object. Their mission is to basically eliminate single-use items and create reusable, sustainable alternatives. So if you know anything about me, you know that I absolutely live in a sustainable house. We don't use real toilet paper. We use bamboo toilet paper. We don't use plastic. We use metal straws. We've gotten rid of napkins and we use cloth, like any way that in our family, we can kind of create a more sustainable household for our family and for the planet. We do. So last object I'm really excited about. They have so many different things like from reusable Q-tips to cotton rounds to plates and a lot of things that would normally pollute the environment. They have 
all sorts of reusable items that are eco-friendly and obviously a better alternative. And I have a discount. So if you are interested in kind of switching your household to a more sustainable household, go check them out at Last Object. The link that you should click is in our show notes. So if you go to Apple Podcast show notes or wherever you're listening to your podcast and you click at the link, you'll be able to kind of go straight to their site. But if you use on the daily 10 at checkout, you will get a discount. And so I hope that you have fun with that. Seriously, I think interviews like that are one of the main reasons why I do this podcast, because I think like mental health specifically is something that everyone struggles with at some point in their life, or at least just feeling like you need to talk to somebody or, you know, like we talked about just guilt in general over the last year and kind of getting it out there. And like he said, everyone has feelings and they are normal and there are good feelings and there are bad feelings and it's okay to talk about them regardless of who you are, I think was just really, really valuable. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Next week, we will be back on Tuesday with my friend, Kelly Balch. She is I don't know if this is like a critically acclaimed thing, but it's definitely my personal opinion. She is one of the best LGBT and lifestyle photographers in the world. She is so spiritual. She does past life regressions. She is an author. She's a proud member of the LGBT community. And she is just an overall very dynamic, amazing human being. And I know that conversation is going to be one for the books for sure. So make sure you listen to that. Reminder, we do have episodes every Tuesday and Friday. So Tuesdays are the interview episodes. Fridays are episodes with just me. Um, So make sure if you haven't heard, if you are just joining the podcast, if this was your first episode, welcome. Go back and hear all of the other ones. They are not in any sequential order. So you can literally pick a title that resonates with you and dive in, uh, which is one of my favorite things about this podcast. If you are loving what you're hearing, give us a review. We love a good, we love a good five-star rating and a, and a happy review. You can find me at Danielle underscore on the daily on Instagram. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod on Instagram. You can always slide into my DMs. Tell me what you're loving. Tell me what you want more of, or just connect, say hi, tell me that you've been listening. I just adore getting to connect with all of you. This podcast has taken off in such a beautiful way and the community that is developing from it is really, really special. So if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do hit that subscribe button. We grow through networking. We grow through word of mouth. So share it with your friends and we will see you next week. Have a good day.